everybody, welcome to In the Garden of Geekdom. I'm Janice Hawkins. And I'm Deanna Chapman. And this is the show where we watch episodes of Keep Your Hands Off Azokin and an accompanying piece of media to go along with it. Uh, what did we watch this week, Deanna? This week we watched episode 11 of Keep Your Hands Off Azokin, which is called Each Other's Existence, and we watched Ongaku Our Sound. Yeah. And what was your homework? What did I ask you to pay attention to? You asked me to pay attention to a thing I don't do, uh-huh. which is taking breaks. Very bad at it. Very bad at it. Very, very bad at it. And how it affects creativity. It squashes it and destroys it. Taking a break destroys <laughs> creativity? Doing what I do. <laughs> I feel like anytime you get like five minutes to sit alone and think, you think of another thing you could be doing. I was driving to Starbucks earlier today. Mm-hmm. And I I turned off the radio because I didn't want to, like, plug my phone up just to go get Starbucks, even though it's still, like, a half-hour round trip to do that. <laughs> oh, jeez. So you just sat silently in the car for I sat minutes. silently in the car, and it was so nice. <laughs> that was my break. It was, like, 20 or 30 minutes. That's it. That's all I get. I mean, it does sound restorative in a way, but also, oh, yikes, Dan, that's <laughs> such a small break. So what new project have you come up with in that time? I don't know if you're familiar with Notion. Mm -mm. It's like this productivity app thing. I have like a section just for like ideas. Mm -hmm. There's a few in there. (laughs) There's probably like five in there. It's bad. This brain never quits. (laughs) And I don't even put most of them in there. (laughs) Oh, man. That's a shame. It's probably for my own good. (laughs) I love taking a break. I love kicking my feet up and not doing nothing and feeling more refreshed Usually, in the pandemic capitalism hellscape, it doesn't work quite as well, but... I literally, I I can't get bored. It's not allowed. To be fair, taking a break doesn't mean be bored, but we'll get more into that later. It depends on the break. It does depend on the break. So, we're both obviously firing on all cylinders. This is going to be a great episode. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's only my second podcast of the day. Yeah, so we're going to do great. What happened in the episode of Is Aukin that we watched... Okay, so the club advisor Mm -hmm. is just chilling in a car with all of his various handheld video game consoles. Uh They're like, what are you doing here? (laughs) And he's like, I literally don't get any time off because I have to be here if you guys are here. (laughs) And they just now realize that, like, after months and months. (laughs) I can't believe it's, like, the end of the school year and this is only now coming up (laughs) that he's been there the whole time. It's like cruel and unusual punishment for this man. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine being like just a teacher who's already not paid enough and you're like, yeah, sure, these kids seem really spirited. I'll be their club advisor and then never being able to leave. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if that was actually a thing. I think it was because I was in a club in high school and like the volleyball coach was the advisor for it. And I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure she had to be at all of our things. Yeah. Because we would do like basketball tournaments and a bunch of other stuff for the club. And she had to like be like her entire Saturday just gone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. Okay. So I, when I was in high school, 
I invented this club called the Procrastinators Club. Oh, no, Janice. But when I pitched it, <laughs> I should have told you the story before we made a podcast together. You would have taken it as a sign to run. Um, so I pitched it to my high school chemistry teacher, who was the best. Shout out to Mr. Cabrera. But I was like, you don't actually have to do anything. Here's my idea. And so I was like... This club is never actually going to meet, so you don't have to be anywhere (laughs) other than on the last day of the year. And so what I want to happen is that at the end of every month, at the last announcement that they could make every month, we put in a request for an announcement that says, like, oh, by the way, can you tell them that the Procrastinator Club meeting has been put off till next month or postponed till next month? And... (laughs) I thought it was so funny. He thought it was so funny. So we were able to found the club. I You have to like fill out all this paperwork to make a club. And I just straight up lied on it because I knew that we were never going to do anything. It was like, how do you plan on securing funding? And I was like, by a generous benefactor's will. And our clubs had to do something in terms of like community service. So I said that we would go to like the animal shelter and read books to like blind puppies. <laughs> <laughs> like it's obviously written. Like this whole thing is a joke and I didn't think they would approve it, but then they did. How is it I'm the chaotic one? I don't think you're the chaotic one at all. The club counselor was the MVP and then we had a pizza party on the last day of the school year and that was how the procrastinator club shook out. They did not let the club renew the next year. I'm shocked. Yeah, so weird. Absolutely shocked. Anyway, Mr. Fujimoto's kind of like Mr. Cabrera that way, I think, in that he's ride or die for this club. Yeah, and he was like, the best work comes from a sense of play. And you see Kanamori's face. She gets so angry. <laughs> she did not like that one bit. Yeah. Did you feel like Kanamori here? I don't know, because like, I've hit the point where I am doing too many podcasts, mm-hmm. and there was a point in time where almost everything I was watching or reading was for a podcast. Mm -hmm. And it was absolutely exhausting. So sometimes you just need to rewatch the Oceans movies, Janice. Yeah, see, that's exactly what we're talking about. But then you did think maybe I should do a heist podcast. This is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) But it is. The the break inspired your creative juices to want to do something new. But I can't. (laughs) But you can't. And I'm glad that you know that you can't. (laughs) But I, I might not after this after this this is wrapping up soon so (laughs) mr fujimoto (laughs) says you can't expect somebody to be able to work all the time with no enjoyment and don't work more than you have to and when you do find time to play play around that's the trick to working and so these are all good message he's so nice he is he's great he's unbelievably great he's like fictional man doesn't exist in the real world (laughs) great (laughs) so then they go on an adventure Yeah, with lots of flooding, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, they found, like, a bunch of cars and fish in a, like, flooded parking lot type place. Yeah, and there's a tunnel that they want to go through, and Asakusa's just, like, the ideas are just flowing. Yeah, yeah. Because water. She's having so much fun. So the ideas have to flow because water. Oh. (laughs) And she really likes submarines, apparently. Yeah. She's a big fan. With all the water, it's a good inspiration. I don't remember what point this was in the episode, but she said something along the lines of being alone is scary, but so are other people. I was like, that's accurate. <laughs> I don't I don't relate to that, but that that's from whenever she has a flashback of like 
how her and Kanamori became friends that I thought was really sweet. Right. Yeah. Except that they're not friends, quote unquote, they're comrades or whatever. But yeah. I like when she looked at Kanamori and she called her Thug Bolina. <laughs> yes. That was so good. It was so she good. looks like a delinquent. Yeah. <laughs> and the height difference between the two of them throughout this whole thing. It's, yeah. It's great. <laughs> Um, it's like me standing next to our tall friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I mean our short friends. Yeah, I'm the short one. You're the tall one. Sure. I really like that. Well, I don't really like it because it sucks. But like, so Asuka's is like daydreaming and she slips into the water and Kanamori has to save her. And then like the next day, Kanamori's sick and you're like, oh, she has like a cold because she <laughs> just jumped, jumped in the water, water to save yeah. her friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does not look like she is having a good time for most of this episode. No, it's the Kanamori miserable episode. But she was able to strong arm the school into letting them do the thing by leaking to the press that they were going to be doing it. And the press Mm -hmm. being like, oh, this is such a wonderful thing that the school is enabling. Everyone talk to the school about how wonderful you think this is. So now the school has to let them do comedy. And then once again, they have finished with extra time only to realize they're not done yeah the music because is the music does not match it does not match we get a cliffhanger yeah finally asuka like got the plot she connected all the dots and then total derailment at the end the music was so wrong <laughs> like comically <laughs> wrong you don't think it vibes no no it does not mm-hmm. it's fair it was a fun episode, though. It was such a fun episode. I still haven't taken a break. I mean, 20 minutes, but you know. <laughs> so we watched a movie that is also about passionate-ish schoolgoers, a trio that yes, wants to get something done. <laughs> kind of wants to get something done mm-hmm. because Kenji just does what he feels. Yeah, yeah, he's an interesting... We'll talk about the plot first and then get to the comparisons because I I got thoughts on this and that's about it. I don't have a lot of other thoughts. Mm -hmm. I did not love the animation style of this. I know it's like King of the Hill or whatever, you know, it's it's kind of along those lines. But I I don't watch any of those like animated comedy adult shows like King of the Hill or whatever the other ones were, Futurama, whatever. Yeah. It's definitely not trying to be those things, but um, it does accidentally. Let me tell you about how this thing got made. Yes, and please then do just that like first. it becomes a marvel of the fact that it even exists. Um, so this movie came out in 2019, but they started making it in 2012, and they did not stop at any point during that time. It is basically as like indie and stubborn as it gets. There's no animation studio attached to it, but it was produced by Tip Top, Rock and Roll Mountain, and a guy named Tetsuaki Matsue. So there was this manga that wasn't, like, incredibly, incredibly popular, but it was a self-published manga in 2005 called Ongaku to Manga by Hiroyuki Ohashi. And so that Tetsuaki Matsue guy, the director of this movie, Kinji Iwaisawa, had worked with him a lot before on a couple different things and he wanted him to produce something that he worked on so he was like i'm gonna do 
a feature length movie. I want it to be animated and I want it to be based off of Ongaku Tomanga. So he directed it. He wrote the script. He did the storyboard at least three times. He did the character design. He did the art direction. He did the editing. He's Asakusa in this, Mm -hmm. but without a Kanamori. Yeah, clearly. So he's living his life. Yeah, just kind of, I want it to be this way. I have these vague ideas. I rented the Blu-ray DVD of this so that I could watch the making of documentary along with it. I did not do that. Yeah, I don't know how you would or you don't have a video rental store like shout out to Scarecrow Video in Seattle. He would be like, oh, I need to like fix the storyboard and like cut some scenes. So he would redraw the entire storyboard by like tracing it with a pencil. So he'd overlap each cell of the storyboard and copy it again. And someone was like, why don't you just like cut out the ones that you're keeping and put them in the new one? And he was like, I like redrawing it so that I can like go over it again in my head and make sure that that's what I want. And it's like, yo, you are making this so much harder than you have to. Can't relate to that at all. Yeah. So it was animated by Iwaisawa, and I quote, about 20 people he found online. That might explain a lot. Yeah. So they would like, they had money and then they'd run out of money. And anytime they'd run out of money, he would be the only one animating it. And then they'd get money again. And so they would hire people. So it was like a bunch of amateur artists on and off. They got like a local college to do a lot of the watercolor scenes at the rock show. Um, I assume for free or at like a severely discounted rate. And he wanted it all to be hand-drawn because he didn't understand how the technology (laughs) that went into computerized animation worked really. So he was like, if I hand-draw it, then I don't need other people because I know how to hand-draw stuff. So now we're getting Mizusaki here. (laughs) I'm just shaking my head. No one can hear that. It's good audio. So it took them seven and a half years to make. They completely ran out of money at one point and the mangaka actually like found out about it and held an impromptu event to try and crowdfund. So it started off like with production company money and ended up being like fan produced. It was also edited by Norihisa Nakama and the music in it was all done by real musicians. A lot of the music for the movie was done for the movie. Uh, Music by Tomohiko Bonse. Grand Funk, and Wataru Sawabe, and a bunch of others. We like to tie this in to other things, so I will just say that the voice of the punk with the afro, Oba, he is a popular voice actor, and he did the Japanese dub for... Did you just call it an afro instead of a mohawk? I did. (laughs) I was like, I don't... Hold on. (laughs) Should I say that again or just keep rolling? (laughs) We're keeping that in. Okay, cool. So I don't know the difference between a mohawk and an afro. It's fine. It's because Aya has like an afro-y kind of hair. They're so similar, Janice. It's fine. No one will notice. Our five listeners can't see me gesturing to different kinds of haircuts, so they don't know that I made a shape of a mohawk while I said afro. (laughs) That's why it took my brain so long to process that. I was like, I don't think that was the correct... No, it's not the right haircut. Look, as somebody who doesn't have hair of her own, who rocks the, like, Kinji character bald head, I'm like, I don't know what a haircut is. It's fine. So the voice actor for Ova did the Japanese dub voices for Nick Fury and different Batmans. And uh, he also did voices for Pat Labor 2, which we didn't watch, but is closely related to the thing we did watch. 
I'll talk more about this in detail later, but they hired real actors to do all the motions and gestures and stuff. And then they did quote unquote rotoscoping without a rotoscope, which I'll get into, but uh, they filmed people and then they drew over it yeah. for four, 40,000 frames. No. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how they kept deciding to do this the whole time because I would have given up 80 times. Because they're men? Oh, and they had a real rock festival because they wanted to film it. So they actually put together a real festival with real bands so that they could record that. Why are men like this? I don't know. Just stubborn. Can't relate. So we can talk about the plot of this now. I forgot. (laughs) I got all that out of the way. Okay. So this was 71 minutes. Mm -hmm. Love that. Which was great because I was falling asleep during it. (laughs) I was trying very hard not to, but I didn't love this. It's a very still, very slow movie. Which it's fine. I, I watch things that are slow moving all the time. Love Better Call Saul. This is slow, like, he'll be like, hey guys, let's start a band. <laughs> so Kenji, he just does whatever whatever he wants. I He, he doesn't stick with one thing. Mm-mm. No, he's he got a crocodile once and he was like, I'm bored of this and then he let it go in the river. Yeah. Can you imagine, Janice, if I was like, I'm going to start a Stephen King podcast and then 10 episodes later I just quit? Uh, Yeah. I can, as a person who is like, I want to start an po- anime podcast. No, can you imagine me doing that? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know. No, you're right or die on this. <laughs> People like Kenji stress me out. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so much. I love having lots of ideas, clearly. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's great. I mm-hmm. want to do this thing, and I want to do that thing. Sometimes I am crazy enough to do them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do them way longer than I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. Please see 300 episodes of Welcome to Geekdom. <laughs> this is so funny to me as a person who loves to quit things and pick them back up. Ugh. Because I'm like, here, let me show you my ukulele that I know 30 chords on, but play once every like six months. Or like, oh, have you checked out my screen printing equipment that I bought after I took a screen printing class and then have not used since, but am definitely going to one day? Okay, I mean, that's fair. I have like a whole drawer of art supplies mm-hmm. that don't get used, but it's not because I don't want to use them. I just don't have time. Ah, it would be really nice if you could take one of those break things. Here's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> All of the things I want to do involve using the same arm repeatedly over and mm-hmm. over and over again. <laughs> yeah. So if my arm hurts at the end of the day when I'm done editing podcasts i don't want to use it could you become like a left-handed editor i use both of my hands to edit oh i clearly don't understand how computers work (laughs) looks at my own hands why do you need your non-mouse hand for the keyboard shortcuts oh i see that makes sense have you ever used a computer janice what's a computer again So you do understand the concept of, like, having hobbies and things that you pick up but don't have a chance to do for whatever reason. Yeah, there's a guitar that's been sitting in the corner for, like, seven years. Well, it turns out all you have to do on a guitar is go bum, 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 and that's basically music. But again, that requires this arm. Mm. 
left-handed guitar. That still requires this arm. Yeah, but not nearly as bad. It's still repeated movements with your hand, Janice. Yeah, I'm trying to reduce which one's doing the movement, though, so that you're wearing them both out equally. Like rotating a tire, Deanna. I should just switch my arms out, is what you're saying. Just swap them. (laughs) So it bothers you that Kenji just picks up and leaves things? Also, it bothers me that they're just like, it's fine if we have two bass guitars. They don't know anything. It's great. I love that DIY attitude of make the best with what you have. There's no room for perfectionism in Kobe Jutsu number two. Anyway, so then they pick a band name that is already someone else's band name. Mm-hmm. They didn't and that's know a whole thing. That it was somebody else's that's band what name. everyone says. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> that's what they all say. I really like that they they focus on Kenji being the one to like pick up hobbies and drop them. But at the beginning of the movie, like he, Kenji ends up in a beef with this kid at another school, Oba. And but he doesn't know where the other school is. He doesn't know where the other school is. So they go to a boxing gym to ask and instead they just sit down and watch the people box. But then the next day when it shows them like hanging out in the room together, they've bought a punching bag and uh, Ota is like punching on it. And so it's like it's not it's obviously not just Kenji that's like listless and bored and looking for something to like give him a purpose and do. Okay. I have questions. Mm -hmm. They just like go to school and sit in a room and don't do anything? Yeah, they're delinquents. And no one cares? I don't know if this happens in actual school, but this is like a trope in anime that you'll have like delinquent kids. So like there's like in Yu Yu Hakusho, the main character skips class all the time and just sits on the top of the school or sometimes doesn't even go to school altogether. Or like in uh, Mob Psycho 100, there are students who are like in little gangs that want to fight each other or like the kids in akira they were like in their own little gangs and stuff or asuka so when she calls kanamori thug bolina she's like looking at her and she's like i think this is like a delinquent like i think this is one of those no good kids who doesn't like do anything Mm -hmm. so i am sure that i don't know if this is a thing that happens in actual school but it is like super a trope in media i'm sure that they the teachers don't mess with them because they're afraid of getting beat up or something Okay, that's fair. The only time I related to Kenji was when he just laid face down on the floor. I was going to ask you about that later (laughs) because I love a good floor depression lay. (laughs) So I know that you've been on the floor a lot more lately. Um, Usually I do it to stretch out my back. (laughs) Okay, sure. Because I've been sitting too long because I don't lay face down on the floor. Mm -hmm. I lay face down on the floor. I I lay down on the floor and I I stretch. (laughs) That's probably healthy. (laughs) <laughs> because I, I noticed that I just, like, don't sit properly in a chair. I don't know why I bought a Herman Miller chair to simply not sit in it like a normal human. But here we are. Chairs are meant to be sat in in a goofy way. That's it. I do this thing where, like, as soon as I sit down, my feet cannot be touching the floor. I'm the same way. I have to have them on, like, a pole or something. The floor is lava. In school, did you always put your feet on the back of the chair in front of you? Probably. Yeah, I used to drive people crazy with that. Like, even when I sit at the kitchen table, my feet have to go on the bars that are under the chair. Mm-hmm. That's what the bars are for. They're more, like, better for you anyway. Like, the bar at a bar is supposed to go along under the yeah bar top so that you can get that good, like, ball and socket stretch. It's good for you. I am support this. Plus, sometimes my feet just don't touch the floor. <laughs> yeah. Then why do they need to? They're delicate. <laughs> You're so tall. Gravity weighs you down so often. So tall. 
Anyway. <laughs> so the two Kobujutsu bands meet each other and they ask each other to play for each other and they blow each other's minds, but then they end up agreeing to join a rock music festival. They record themselves playing and listening to the playback, I don't know if it's like embarrassment or what, but that's the moment where Kenji breaks and quits the thing like you hate and then becomes a permanent floor person. Do you not find solace in the floor? You don't find motivation in the floor? You just like floor for back per- for utilitarian purposes? You don't get any enjoyment from it? Not really, no. Oh, I love the floor so much. Usually I lay down and I realize how much my back hurts. <laughs> mm. Laying down on the floor is too hard if I lay on my back and it makes my back hurt. You can hear how old we are in this podcast just by this conversation. (laughs) I mean, we have carpet, so it's not like I'm laying on hardwood floor. Yeah, I'm laying on a carpet too. I have a princess in the pee back and more than five minutes of laying with my back on the floor and my spine is broken. Sometimes I will get in bed and my back just like screams at me and no matter what I do, (laughs) it hurts. So I'm like, okay, well, that's what I get for not laying on the floor today. I like to lay on the floor on my face, like like a Kinji. I lay on spikes when it gets really bad. Mm -hmm. It's very unpleasant. It's great. It's like the most unpleasant and relaxing thing at the same time. I don't understand it. Your weird floor spike... (laughs) thing terrifies me. But okay, so <laughs> have you ever been laying on the floor? I think the downside to laying on the floor on your back is that when inspiration hits again, you can't like wiggle your butt cheeks in time to the music like Kenji did. Um, and that's how they could tell that he was like having fun again. That implies that I'm listening to music when I'm laying on the floor. Uh, that's true. Which I'm not. You have to be wiggling your cheeks in time to the podcast you're editing is I guess the equivalent. Also not listening to that while I'm on the floor. <laughs> Okay, that's probably good. The headphones probably would reach. I probably could do that, but it would be a little hard to edit anything from the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little difficult. So, eventually, he picks himself off the floor. Eventually. And then he just, he's done. And he smashes his bass so you don't have the two bass problems anymore. And then he gets a recorder. And then he gets a recorder. The flashbacks, the horrifying flashbacks I had. Oh, to like elementary school? To having not one but two recorders because we had to have one at school Mm -hmm. and at home so that we never had an excuse for forgetting one. (laughs) That is wild to me. That is weird that you would need two. They just trust. I think we left ours at the school. We just didn't practice. Yeah, I went to private school. I don't know. They're weird. Oh, fancy. Very zhuzhy. Two recorders. Do you think if you were handed a recorder, could you still play it? I would chuck it so far away from (laughs) me. I one thing that's really interesting in this is that they could not find a professional recorder player for the movie, so they ended up getting a saxophonist. It sounded so bad, I wanted to die. It sounds really great. I don't know what you're talking no. about. All recorders sound bad. I don't care. It sounds so good. Um, and it hurt they got my a professional ears. saxophone player. The way that they're like trilling as they're playing with the like vibrato and stuff, like I was like, I didn't know you could do that with a recorder. Because no one needs to. <laughs> <laughs> Such a hater. <laughs> also, uh, the director bought a double-necked guitar for the final scene out of like the production money. Like, no wonder they ran out of money early. That's an acceptable expense. Is it? No idea what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll allow it. 
Oh my god, the recorder. But yeah, he brings he brings a recorder to a rock fight. What a nightmare. <laughs> what did you think about okay? The animation changes a lot during this movie, right? It does, yes. And so there's the animation style that you don't really love where they're just tracing like the live action footage in that like specific style. But what did you think about the animation in the scenes where they're like actually performing and listening to music? Was that different? Yeah. Okay. Eh. I didn't love this. It wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. I just felt very indifferent by the end of it. That's fine. It's not a movie for everyone, for sure. It took them, like, hundreds of frames just to get Morita's hair to blow in the very first scene that, mm-hmm. that like, he's playing for them. Also, I love that Morita's voice is uh, done by a woman in like all the acting scenes and then they cast a man to do his voice for the singing parts. Okay, I thought I was going crazy. And I was like, no, you weren't going crazy. Well, not about this. (laughs) Thank you, Janice. You're welcome. I was like, these don't sound like the same person at all because it's not like Keith Urban's accent suddenly going away. I was like, the tone of this voice is not the same. No, yeah, the complete it's a completely different human being. They had a famous actress do the dubbing voice and then they had a musician do the singing. Wild. But he is he is supposed to be a boy character. So um they just did kind of like a blind casting thing, I think, where they liked what she did in her audition the most. So they're like, All right, you're him. She's like So this was like a Bart Simpson thing. Yeah, except that she didn't even like change her voice. She didn't like have to do Yeah. I was so confused for some of this. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. I love that character so much. <laughs> I thought my ears were failing me. I was like, oh, no. You're like, oh, no, you're too young for that. You're too into podcast work to do that. But yeah, I love I love the animation, especially when Morita is playing the guitar, because like they and the like final scene, the final scene is like all that like pencil and colored pencil like animation and then you know how in Izoken they would make a background and then the background would be its own separate file mm-hmm. while they would animate the people moving yeah. in front of it like as a separate thing? For the scene where they do their final performance, each frame is hand-painted and the background and the foreground are all on each sell like are all on each frame so they like legitimately had artists making like frame by frame by frame every small movement and then painting it and trying to get all the painting the same and Mm -hmm. it is wild that this movie ever got made and finished yeah but yeah and then at the end of it they break up the band (laughs) yeah i i don't think i have anything else on this one it was fine i didn't love it I didn't hate it. Uh-huh. Honestly, whenever I think about the director making this movie, um, I think about you oh, and no. like the perseverance of just like, this is what I want and I want to get it done. And like, I think that this is how it should be. And I'm just going to like carry out my vision to the end. Like to my own demise. <laughs> he's still kicking. He's And he did it. And it won awards. I'm not convinced I am, but that's yeah, fine. But you will one day. <laughs> You'll make your famous thing and you'll be beloved by all and it's gonna be this we'll bring this podcast back because it'll have so many fans no okay (laughs) let's not do that (laughs) 
Is there like a listener count or like a reliable like thing where like if this podcast for some reason instead of having our five listeners had like five hundred listeners that you would be like hmm? I don't think five hundred's the number. Five thousand, maybe. What's the number? What's the number? How many people do we have to get liking this show before we actually keep going after next episode? Enough to make money. <laughs> okay. I don't know how much that is. It depends on how you want to make money. I want to make it by people putting it directly in my pocket. Then maybe 5,000. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. It's not going to happen, but it's fun to dream. Thanks, five listeners. We love you. It could happen. I think that requires more energy than either of us has, though. Yeah. It's hard being a professional all-the-time podcast and an engineer, but we'll figure it out. The marketing campaign will go great. I've learned a lot from Kanamori. Okay. You can do that. I can't. I don't have a bit today because um, only 3,000 people have watched this movie. And therefore, there's no, like, love pillow made about it or um, no characters that people are in love with. There's not a whole lot of tropes in it because we already talked about delinquents. So I was just going to ask you about what you know about rotoscoping, if anything. And if nothing, provide a little, uh, today I learned. It's a word. It is a word. Um, okay, that's a good base. How much I got. So this is an animation technique that started in 1915. It was created by an animator named Max Fletcher. <laughs> And he used it for things like Betty Boop and Popeye that he worked on. And the basic concept was like they would film people doing things and then they would play that image on like the wall or something. And he would have glass that he was holding in front of it. This is like the rotoscope. And he would be drawing the shrunk down version, like tracing whatever he was, the actual footage was doing onto the glass. Janice is using a lot of hand movements right now that none of you can see and that I can barely see because I'm (laughs) struggling to keep my eyes open. Uh That's basically I'm doing the gestures so the DM will look at me. But I think you guys understand that there's a thing. With a thing. And there's another thing. Yep. There's glass and there's a projection. We'll post a picture on the Twitter (laughs) at geek underscore guidance so you can see what these are. But you're basically like taking real life footage and transcribing it into animation, right? He had an exclusivity patent on it until 1934, and then when that patent like lifted, uh, Disney ended up using it for Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. So I don't know if you've ever seen footage of them animating that, but it has footage of people like actually standing and wearing the clothes and doing things so that they can use it as a reference. But not in the same way that like they do in Azalkin, where they're like looking at a video and then drawing in front of them, but like in the way that you like actually are drawing directly over the thing you're watching. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's got pros and cons. It's if your animators don't really know how people behave or look or act, it's a good way of recording real behaviors and then having them animate it. Because before that, they were just sitting with a mirror next to them and kind of like moving their face around weird ways and then trying to draw what they thought their face looked like. But you can't look at both at the same time. Sorry, I just looked at your notes. Oh, okay. It clicked with the Take On Me reference. Yes. So if you've ever seen the video Take On Me, that is probably the most iconic, most obvious example of rotoscoping. That is now going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day, and I'm not thrilled about it. It'll be gone in a day or two. (laughs) The lightsabers in Star Wars are rotoscoped. Uh That's how they made them all flashy. Mine's not rotoscoped, but that's okay. Yours not rotoscoped. Yours is real, but it can't. Can it do the, like, 
cutting through stuff flashiness? Could if I tried. Did your lightsaber work? It works so well that I had to take the battery out because it would just start making noise on its own. Oh. Did you slice sandwiches with it? Yes, absolutely. That's that's its main use. Good. I know what people use lightsabers for. <laughs> I found, I was trying to find examples of rotoscoping that you might find interesting. And so I learned that uh, to do Rocket Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy, they actually recorded footage of real raccoons and then they animated Rocket over them. That's fun. Yeah. So that's rotoscoping. And that's how they, so for this movie, they had like cameras like in all the positions that you see cameras in in this movie. And like the scene where they like hit the beat for the first time and the camera goes all the way around them a couple times. And they're like, that felt really good. Literally, they were in like a parking lot and they put a camera, a guy holding a camera on a bicycle and the director just like wheeled him around them on the bicycle three times. That's dedication. (laughs) It's so much dedication. So much went into making this movie. So the only questions that I have are like, could you see connections between these two pieces of media? Was there anything that stuck out to you? Yeah. Kenji and Asakusa both have the same attention span. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the same as mine, bringing it into a third piece of media. Yes, because you're a piece of media, Janice. I am in this form. Sure. (laughs) But... Yeah, they are very similar. They are so similar. He's just less excited about it. Like, he's not excited about any of these things. No, he's not at all. He has no motivation. Like, there's no excitement allowed. He's a teenage boy. They're not allowed to, like, enjoy things. It's like either that or they enjoy certain things a little too much. Little, a little lot too much. There's no in between. So much that their butt cheeks start vibrating to the music. I'm gonna, I'll stop bringing it up. It was very Terry Crews-esque. It was. Yeah. Does that make any of them Kanamori or Mizusaki? No, not really, because the other two guys are just, like, two guys. One That's of them true. is not very smart, clearly, which is fine. Who's not smart? Why are they not smart? The big guy. He's just like, yeah, okay. I think he's just stoic, because he's always reading. I imagine he's smarter than Kenji. Wait, am I getting people confused? Or did I just not notice someone reading this entire time? I think you just didn't notice him reading the entire time. Every time somebody comes into the classroom where they're goofing off, like, Kenji will be playing a video game, and, like, um, Oro will be, like, throwing darts, and every single time... Asakura, every time they come in, Asakura is reading a book. I kept wanting to say Asakusa. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Asakura (laughs) is reading a book every time. I totally did not notice that, but Janice, I've read a lot of books. I'm not very smart, so. It's true. Um, (laughs) Ouch. I don't know why that reminded me, but the TV show that Kinji watches with the squeeze guy (laughs) was terrifying. Do you remember that or did you like burn that away from your memory to protect you? So I just watched a James Bond movie last night in which Mm -hmm. he gets squeezed by a man. (laughs) So my brain is malfunctioning. Yeah, just they put the squeeze on him. Uh, and it was scary, but whatever. Um, it doesn't like connect the two things with each other so much, but the comment a self-publishing thing that the Aizouken kids are going to go to reminds me a lot of just basically how Ongaku got made because Mm -hmm. it's a self-published manga and it's definitely a self-everything movie. And so in my head, I like to imagine that like, the director is sitting there at a booth next to them, like, and while you watch this, would you like Ongaku too? <laughs> yeah. Seems likely. Same universe. Same universe. I'm hoping that people watch this movie, and I'm hoping that some people like this movie, because 
I think that it's got a little bit of a cult following, but it's completely overlooked and underrated. And I know it's not your thing, but it's got to be somebody's thing, right? It's probably Mitchell's thing. It's probably Mitchell's thing. Mitchell wants to see it real bad. Hi, Mitchell. (laughs) Maybe I'll get Becky to watch it with me. I'll see. Okay. There's two of our five listeners. Hopefully. Two of the five. If they're kind to us. (laughs) Anyway, what are we going to do next time? We are going to watch the season finale, series finale of Keep Your Hands Off Azaukin, which is the Mm -hmm. Shibahama UFO Wars. And then we are watching Lou Over the Wall, which I know absolutely nothing about. Don't even know if I can stream it. You can stream it, and I won't tell you too much about it, but I will say that the director of Lou Over the Wall is the same director as Keep Your Hands Off Azaukin. Okay. So we're ending on Misaki Yuasa and two of his pieces of anime at the same time. And what's my homework? Your homework, should you choose to accept it, is Mm. to surprisingly pay attention to the background music and music in general and how music changes things. If you get the wrong background music, it can completely change what you have to do with your message and music and how it connects with people. Can ruin your day. (laughs) Can ruin your life, probably. I don't know. In the Garden of Geekdom is a spinoff of Welcome to Geekdom by our host, Deanna Chapman. Check out her YouTube channel for more opinions on general geekery. Our intro and outro music is by Associations. Do yourself a favor and go to associations.bandcamp.com to listen to more of their stuff. For a multimedia experience with links and images, follow us on Twitter at geek underscore guidance.